what is a naturalist? A naturalist is someone who looks at a tree and thinks of soil. A naturalist is someone who gazes at a mountain and sees a growing delta. A naturalist is someone who peers into a deep, clear spring and imagines cold, dark caverns. A naturalist is someone who gauges the seasons by the fading of the flowers and the arrival of geese. A naturalist absorbs, experiences, shares, perceives, dreams, and imagines along every step of the trail. A naturalist knows and doesn't know, sees and doesn't see, but always with a sense of wonder. Are you ready for the end of the world? Ha ha ha. I even got a little end of the world music in the background. <laughs> Let's see. Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back... Let's bring back the circle, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! All right, let's try that again. Uh Let's wake up. Wake up! Uh There we go. And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday on your community radio station. Uh Yes. Way to get your into the house. Today happens to be National Bike to Work Day. It does. <laughs> Since I don't work, I didn't bike. So, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I guess, but it's also, what is it, International Virtual Assistance Day. Oh, yeah, it is. So what does that mean? Well, I guess, you know, like a digital program that helps you get all your work done. There you go. So I got one. I, hopefully I have one of those. You so. bike to work and have your computer do your work for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, it is the anniversary of the solo flight of Charles Lindbergh. Yep. Was that, that's where he flew across the whole the, yeah, ocean. Yeah, flew across the ocean, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I know some stuff, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, some other holidays we've got coming up. Uh, I Need a Patch for That Day is coming up on Saturday. Uh, also, National Waitstaff Day. So if you're out somewhere getting some food uh, and the wait staff is there, you can be thankful that they exist. <laughs> uh, it's also the UN Workday for Cultural Diversity for Dialogue and Development. Whoa. And it's the anniversary of the American Red Cross. Yep. Sunday is Lag Bayamor, a Jewish holiday. National Maritime Day, the UN Day to for Biological Diversity. And the anniversary of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. You know? <laughs> yeah, I watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood growing up. I've always wanted to make a show called Mr. Tree Song's Neighborhood. <laughs> could could explore, you know, local community uh, events and, uh, you know, organizations. Y- are businesses. you saying you want to rename the show? <laughs> no, it's it's a homage, you know. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, we this would be like a YouTube video. 
Oh, well, I mean, a online video for whatever online video websites you prefer. <laughs> it seems like we could do uh, Mr. Tree Song's Neighborhood, like, you know, every once in a while on this show. Yeah, we could. Practice it, so. It's not the, quite the same without the little puppets in the line of make-believe, but uh, we could do it. We could do a song, at least. <laughs> you have a song? Uh, they like the Mr. Rogers song, but just me singing it. <laughs> Monday is International World Turtle Day. Yes. You know turtles are part of the world? They are. And they're international. You know. They're very long-lived, too, yeah, some of them. So. And it's National Day in Morocco. Yes. On, on Monday. On Monday. Yeah. And Tuesday is Brother's Day. Uh, I have a brother. I should say hi to him on Tuesday. It's also Hug Your Cat Day. Uh, depending on the disposition of your cats, that may or may not be a good idea. <laughs> but you can give it a try. And... Tuesday is Independence Day in Eritrea, which is a country right next to Ethiopia. Ah. They became independent from Ethiopia on this day, I guess. So. Yes. <laughs> then Wednesday is National Missing Children's Day. It's also National Senior Health and Fitness Day. Uh, it's good for everyone to be health and fit, but health and fit, but especially seniors. Uh, on Wednesday, you can start thinking about that. Well, it's also Towel Day, so if you want to throw in your towel for one day. <laughs> And be healthy and fitness. Well, no, that doesn't work because that's National yeah, Health and Fitness Day. Wednesday is also National Tap Dance Day, so right. seniors can get healthy by tap dancing. Yeah, so it's also Poetry Day in Florida, so ah. if you want to do some poetry, go to Florida. Yeah, I'll go to Florida. I actually read a new poem today, and I'm, I'm waiting for the next Transpoetic Playground, but I can just go to Florida instead. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday is Independence Day in Jordan, so. Yes, and I don't know what this means, but it says Thursday is Sorry Day in Australia. Oh, <laughs> we should track down an Australian and see what that means. I guess it's a day to, to say sorry to people. All right. Those are the holidays. Let's get to the news. Now that we've killed Osama bin Laden, well, we haven't, <laughs> but now that the collective we, the U.S. military, has killed Osama bin Laden, this is a huge victory in the war against terror and uh, on behalf of a safer, freer world. But if this is the beginning of the end for Al-Qaeda and the repressive governments everywhere, we have to make it our national mission not just to hunt down terrorist leaders, but also to wipe out the single greatest source of their money and their power. Oil. Oil, yeah. You driving a car... Well, I'm not pointing to you, Song. You <laughs> don't drive a car. <laughs> but you, driving a car, buys oil, and that money goes to predominantly repressive regimes. Yeah, there's... Regimes. The, yeah, because, I mean, you've got that oil all sitting there in the ground, and in order to hold on to it, you've got to be pretty brutal sometimes. <laughs> and so it's, it's not a good cycle. We can break the oil cycle. We can? We can. I don't know. This, I mean, <laughs> we can try. People, I mean, myself included, are very addicted to oil. Yeah, might as well face it. We're addicted to oil. That's a song. <laughs> it is a song. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, there's there's also you know this week's uh, nightlife. There's also a comic of a similar sentiment that you know now that we've uh, now that Osama bin Laden is out of the picture, maybe we can start spending all of our money on uh, domestic initiatives like. Renewable energy, education, healthcare, um, instead of all of it on more, war, war. What? I guess we'll see if that happens. 
Are you saying we need to quit spending so much money on war? I think so. We could give it a try, see what happens. If we do that, will that create peace because we're spending money on peace? It might. I've got to wonder sometimes if you spent, you know, a billion dollars on feeding people and educating people rather than killing them, how that would shift things. Wow, you're a (laughs) radical person. (laughs) I might be. So... (laughs) All right, let's see some other news. Want to save the planet? Uh, I kind of do. Well, I've heard that Al Gore has an app for that. Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, An Inconvenient Truth started out as a book, then it became an Oscar-winning movie. Uh, Al Gore's follow-up book, Our Choice, has now gone multimedia, too, but in a whole new way, as a first-of-its-kind app for the iPad and iPhone. Yeah, I've seen a little bit about this online. It's, uh, well, it's interesting because An Inconvenient Truth, he basically talks about the problem. That, that climate change is happening, that it is real, that uh, it's causing a lot of catastrophic changes. But then this new book talks about possible solutions, and the app explores it. It lets you track your uh, your carbon footprint and do all sorts of interesting things like that. So you can save the planet through an app. Yeah, <laughs> there's an app for that. Let's see. Let's, <laughs> but it only works on the the highfalutin iTunes and iPads. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not something you can get just on your. Uh, uh, you know, any, any other phone. <laughs> well, eventually, probably. Eventually, probably. He'll probably do it on the other networks, too. Yeah, but, I mean, Al Gore just happens to be on the board of Apple, you know, so... You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a happy coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but they also figure, th- actually, that um, people who buy Apple tend to be more uh, creative and more um, educated, so... Yeah, and they also tend to be uh, affluent, so if they've got that money to spend on the iPhone, then... Hopefully they've got money to spend on reducing their carbon footprint. There you go. So, <laughs> uh, Last week I was shown a very disgusting video of a dairy calf actually being bludgeoned to death with a pickaxe. Mm-hmm. And now that video is gone from both YouTube and... I forget how you say that. Oh, Vimeo? Yeah, the Vimeo. Um, now that animal rights activists are actually considered eco-terrorists, the industry is just about to get away with anything, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, literally, YouTube is now silencing dairy calf cr- cruelty video and, well, doing a lot of being very conservative about what they allow. Yeah. Yeah, because there's... <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, because there's, there's pressure on them because, you know, if, if it's something gruesome, then, you know, some people will complain about it. And if it's something the meat industry doesn't want getting out there... Then, or the dairy industry not wanting getting out there, then they'll complain to YouTube also. Right. But if we complain and say we want freedom of speech and that this is important things for us to know about where our food comes from, then maybe they'll keep it on there. Yeah, but that's not how the Internet <laughs> works. The Internet works literally if someone is offended, they take it down and then <laughs> they review it and maybe put it back up. Yeah. But <laughs> everybody is offended by something. Yeah, everybody is. And, I mean, you know a disgusting video of a dairy calf being bludgeoned to death with a pickaxe would offend almost anybody. Yeah. And people don't want that, you know, being shoved in their face that, yes, what I eat has to be killed. Yeah. And so, I mean, the the, the truth is, is they, they try to kill it with, uh, you know, I just forgot what it's called. It's um, It's like a pressure gun. Yeah. And if sometimes that doesn't work, you know, and so... If it's flopping around, they're going to do it whatever they can to stop it from flopping around. Yeah. I mean, I have seen a goat get killed and with um, a gun, and it took like 10 shots because they have really hard heads. Yeah. 
and so it um people have to see that now in my case it didn't stop me from eating meat yeah because i have always grown up around animals and i was always of the mindset that if i will eat it i have to be okay with killing it yeah and it is very traumatic to kill it (coughs) and i think that a lot of people have such a disconnect from their food that if they actually saw that happen for the first time, they would completely quit eating meat. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, if they didn't, at least they would be involved in the process then. And they could be sure that the animal was treated humanely. I was I was in Oklahoma uh, a couple weeks ago, and they had... Um, it was the, the Special Olympics was in the town I was at. But they had a whole fair where they actually had, like, the National Dairy people were there, and they were giving away uh, ice cream. And they had a cow in a trailer, like literally the trailer, uh-huh. and kids could go up and pet it. Yeah. And five times a day they milked it, you know. And kids were amazed <laughs> at seeing that milk came from a cow. Yeah, that's it where was, milk comes from. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> you know. They, I yeah. mean, they were literally, and they, some were very disgusted. Too. Yeah, they're like, ew, the milk's coming out of a cow. <laughs> it's like, especially. <laughs> Well, I mean, every once in a while, the guy would reach over there and just, like, tweak the tit and shoot milk at people, too. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was bored. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. We've been debating this for years. Which is greener, the e-book or the printed book? It's kind of complicated and different for newspapers or books, for computers or e-readers, but the trend is clear. More people are reading more e-books. I mean, I actually download books on my phone. I mean, it's not very big, Yeah. but I carry like 50 books with me. I used to carry a book in my pocket at all times, Yeah. and now I carry 50 books in my pocket, you know, and I can read one, and when I'm done with that, read another, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is complicated. You know, computers do use a lot of energy. Uh, e-readers use a little less, so having it on an e-reader versus a computer is a good idea. So I, it's it's actually not clear. <laughs> yeah, it's know. not clear, and it's also at least at least for the foreseeable future, people are also going to like books in the hard print format. You know, so we're not going to get rid of them entirely. But uh, I I my personally my opinion on it is to have both options available. You know. Have have ebook form available, have print book available, and then whichever fits people's circumstances the best, they can choose that one. You know, like say you don't have an e-reader, for example, and you know that reading a hard copy book is uh, more ecological than having your computer on for ten hours. Yep. So, no matter what what makes people read, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the that's the one that's more. Um, green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because reading, you can learn a lot about the world and about green issues and other things. Yeah, other things. <laughs> yes, there's more to life than green issues. Uh, really? <laughs> well, I guess I suppose. Yeah. yeah. How about this issue? Yeah, let's <laughs> look at this one. San Francisco voters ban male circumcision. What? Uh, yep. Back in no- uh, November. Uh, San Francisco, well, okay, coming up in this November, San Francisco voters will see a surprising new measure on their ballots. A proposed ban on all male circumcisions throughout the city. I'm not people showing them. (laughs) Yeah, but actually actually performing them. (laughs) Or, you know, getting it done. Yeah, getting it done. Because, I mean, that could be a performance art in San Francisco, so (laughs) you don't want people performing that. 
Yeah. I'm sure that's already illegal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But actually, but actually performing the circumcision. Uh, Lloyd Schofield, who calls himself an intactivist, you know, intact activist, <laughs> uh, headed up a group that gathered enough signatures, more than 12,000, in support of the proposal to land it on the ballot this fall. Uh, they're seeking to make it unlawful to circumcise, excise, or, or cuts or mutilate the whole or any part of the foreskin, uh, testicles, or penis. And this is of anyone 17 or younger in San Francisco. Now, that, to me, that's an important part of the proposition. You know, because I believe, you know, once you're of age, you know, once you're 18, you can uh, decide, you can to, do decide whatever to do whatever you want. you want. You know, body modification. Ooh, yeah. It's, it's not something I would personally choose, uh, but, you know, if that's what you want, that's fine. But if you're underage, uh, you know, then you should get to make that choice for yourself at a later age. But now even exemptions for religious reasons are not going to be allowed. Yeah, so. that's one thing is that exemptions, yeah, for religious reasons would not be allowed, which is part of the controversy. Because, yeah, I mean, this is, in many people's minds, this is compared to female mutil- uh, genital mutilation. Yeah. Where, you know, countries do this. I mean, they, they do it to women. They go in and they chop off, you know, a major part of uh, women. And so, you know, this is uh, the equivalent. Yeah, and, this, and it's a complex issue because that uh, female circumcision is more... Uh, traumatic and more damaging to females than male circumcision is to males. Um, but the, the foreskin does have a lot of uh, health purposes to it, and it is the most sensitive part of the male anatomy. Uh, so uh, personally, I'm in favor of... Uh, I, I like this proposal. I'm glad that this issue is being discussed. But, I mean, why c- wouldn't they allow exemptions for religious reasons? I mean, if it's considered... I mean, how is that any different from what they just did in in France, banning the you know the headgear for religious people in public? I mean, this is this is telling people your religion is wrong, and therefore, you know, whatever you do is well, not whatever you do, but this thing we don't allow it. Yeah, well, it's it's basically uh, letting the child make the choices when they come of age. You know, I know according to the religious beliefs, sometimes you do it before they're uh, eighteen. Uh, but this this allows a child to decide that on their own when they're older, and it is controversial because according to the religious beliefs, you do it sooner. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's good to have this this being debated, uh, and it's also good that we have here on your community spirit the two uh, perspectives on it, so that we can uh, discuss it accurately. And if you would re- like to hear or read more about this, uh, this information came from CNN. Um, get our newsletter, and it'll have the direct link to the CNN article. So. Yeah. So, and this is something that, you know, the whole nation might be keeping its eyes on because it might affect future policy and precedent elsewhere. Is climate sanity the kiss of death for Republican presidential candidates? Even after backing away from his previous support for cap-and-trade programs, John Huntsman is getting slammed by the right wing. His treacherous crime? Daring to suggest that mm-hmm. climate scientists might be right. Even after backing away from his previous support for crop and trade, Huntsman, let's see here. Here is an interview with Time. This is what he said. Hmm. This, climate change, is an issue that ought to be answered by the scientific community. I'm not a meteorologist. All I know is 90% of the scientists say climate change is occurring. If 90% of the... 
Yeah, oncological. Uh, there you go. Oncological <laughs> community said something was causing cancer. We listened to them. I respect science and the professionals behind the scene, so I tend to think it's better left to the science community, though we can debate what it means for the energy and transportation sectors. Now, he said 90%. <laughs> it's like 99.9 to the ninth power percent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, and if you'd like to read more of this, this was an interview in time. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me recently, uh, probably probably about a month ago, we had a article we discussed on here where there was a certain ironic thing with the percentages where in the, in the Senate, like something like 98% of Republican senators disbelieved in climate change, and it was a similar figure of 98% of, you know, climate scientists were in favor of the climate change being true. <laughs> it's like the, the exact percentages were flipped. <laughs> huh. But, yeah, that's I do appreciate, and that is actually my view of how uh, legislators should respond to scientific issues is, you know, we well any issue if yeah, they any don't issue. have if they don't if they don't have the the knowledge to yeah. uh, but the thing is is people don't use knowledge to form opinions yeah they form their opinion and then they find the knowledge to back it up <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to do the opposite and they're yelling at him <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um solar power yeah solar power it's a sunny day out uh, yeah maybe you should think a little about solar power uh well, there's a report that came out that home buyers are willing to pay premiums for solar. Uh, there's, it was a report by the Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory on the effect of installing a rooftop solar array on the sales price of homes in California. So basically, California homes that sport solar panels sell for $17,000 uh, premium for an average newish uh, 3.1 kilowatt photovoltaic array. I mean, in my mind, it was just like buy a house... Put on a solar system, save okay. yourself seventeen thousand. Yeah, but they've just found out that literally, people are willing to pay more for a home that uses less energy. Yeah, it's it's that simple. And um, I mean, they actually analyzed from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and nine seventy two thousand home sales. Yeah. So, and they were able to look at those homes that you know used um, use solar and see that people were willing to pay more for them. Yeah, and they were willing to pay, sig- pay significantly more, too. Yeah, that, well, that's true, yeah. Yeah. So, and this report was... If you would like to read the whole report, it's pretty long and detailed. Um, again, send an email to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. You can also email me at treesong at treesong.org. And we'll add you to our newsletter. Basically, it's what we talk about on here, <laughs> but, you know, in more detail, and there's links and pictures and videos. So Yeah. Yep, so that was the news. Yeah. Some news in the world out there. Did you? Ha- do you have news? You could also email that to us, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, so. we will, if you, especially if you put uh, radio in the subject so we know <laughs> that it's about the radio show. We, we try to get uh, all the happenings people send us. Of course, there's a lot of stuff happening. Today is um, Bike to Work Day. Yeah. And, of course, Carbondale is also doing it. It's the ninth annual Bike to Work Day. Yeah. Um, there's a gathering of bicyclists, well, s- for lunch here at the Town Square Pavilion between noon and 1. There will be a trophy presentations by the new mayor, Joel Fritzler. And a drawing for prizes from local bike shops, <laughs> like people who you know 
rode their bike the furthest, the the business who had the most people ride their bike. Yeah, they've got a few you categories. Know, <laughs> yeah, so. so you can show up to uh, see who wins or possibly win something yourself. Yeah, and there will be the music and, you know, lunch. Yeah. So, for 55 years, the League of American Bicyclists has recognized May as Bike to Work Month. Yeah, so. it's a good month for it, too. So yeah. it's getting a little hot out, but the weather is pretty clear. Yep, so that's today. Yes. Anything else going on today? Yes, it looks like we do have something <laughs> else going on today. <laughs> We've got the Friday Night Fair. Every uh, Friday. Yes, every Friday. And I've been to a, cup, a couple of these already. It's a pretty fun time. Uh, they've got uh, five different food vendors this week. Yeah, that's normally there's just like <laughs> one or two. So yeah. <laughs> come and get some food. Yeah, and there's uh, all sorts of good stuff going on. They have... Uh, uh, they have food, they have lights, they've got catering. And the band is the Giant City Slickers. And yeah. They're a pretty popular local band, right? Yeah, they are. Giant City Slickers. Yeah. They've got good music. They usually get a good crowd. So you'll see all sorts of people out there, too. And there's, you know, I don't know, at least 20 different vendors. Um, one guy selling spinach, you know. It's, it's like the farmer's market. So there's, you know, some vegetables, uh, lots of arts and crafts. Uh, different organizations actually WDBX will s- be set out there and so come and talk to some of the DJs uh-huh, yeah we're gonna have a, a sign-up sheet to tell us what kind of music you want people to play so yeah come and interact with the DJs and talk to um, WDBX and all the good people mm-hmm. so yeah and this is happening tonight it's happening at the town square pavilion I believe it's six to nine, isn't it? Every Friday. Every yep. Friday, six well, to nine. I think through November. It's yeah, it goes pretty weeks, late. Twenty-six weeks. Yeah. Of Friday night fairs, and so they've only had like two or three so far. Yeah. So lots more Friday night fairs to look forward. Also, hmm. on Saturday, if don't get rained out, there'll be the downtown art and wine fair. Yeah. That's tremendous. I will actually be going there and solar powering the main stage. A band. And so it's a chance for people to come. I think about five wineries set up, and people can come and sample the different wineries, see a lot of artists, and um, have food, and basically have a festival. Yeah. In downtown. So. Yeah, I went there last year. It was pretty fun. So, and if it does rain on Saturday, it'll be moved to Sunday. So, yeah. um, for more information about um, either of these, the Friday Night Fairs or the Downtown Art and Wine Fair, which will be in May and then another one in October, uh, just go to Carbondale Main Street, right? Yeah, so. CarbondaleMainStreet.com. I think it's .org. Is it an organization? They, I think it was Well, they com. should be both. Yeah, I think they, yeah, <laughs> they should get both. <laughs> All right, we got five minutes. Let's yeah, see got how much other happenings we can talk yeah. about. We've got uh, the Rice and Spice Rice and Spice is on Fridays at 6 to 9 at Guy House. Uh, so what's on tap for today? Um, Patrick, who is graduating and he's from um, North Dakota, is going to cook North Dakota food. <laughs> I don't know what North Dakota food is. Yeah. But I know it's gonna, there's going to be hot dish. Uh-huh. Do you know what hot dish is? No. I don't either. <laughs> so I know that'll be there. Well, you'll have to show up to find out. Yeah. And then Saturdays, 8 till noon, the farmer's market. Get your veggies. And that's all the way through Thanksgiving. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, Saturdays are a good time. <laughs> now is the time to get your plants. There's a lot of plants and fresh greens. Yeah, and that's over at the West Town Mall parking lot on the west side of town. Yeah. Uh, also on Saturdays, we have at noon the Vigil for Peace. It happens by the Town Square Pavilion on the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. 
They're holding vigil out there to bear witness to the costs of war and hold out hope for peace. Teeny but mighty. Learn the fascinating story of the ruby-throated hummingbirds among the smallest birds on earth. Speaker Kathy Hutchinson is a licensed hummingbird bander and the education chair of the Southern Illinois Audubon Society. She has banded more than 33,000 hummers <laughs> since 1970. Uh, please RSVP to 618-457-4836. Where is this? Well, it's this Saturday, May 21st at 10 a.m. at the Visitor Center at the Giant City State Park. And so, again, RSVP 618-457-4836, Giant City Visitors Center. Hmm. All right, that's tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds fun. All right, you get to talk about (laughs) your own thing. Yeah, I do. That was by mistake, I think. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but yeah, this is change. A young woman stumbles into the midst of a hidden war between various occult factions that are grappling with the root causes and dire consequences of climate change. Will she harness her power and discover her place in the struggle in time, or will the forces of destruction uh, tear the world asunder? So this is the premise of a novel called Change. It's an urban fantasy novel about climate change that I'm working on. Uh, it's there's a, currently we're doing a Kickstarter campaign to help get this uh, published, and uh, you can go to treesong.org/change for more information on that. It's got more on the book, more about me, uh, more about what Kickstarter is and how it uh, helps to fund projects like this. Yeah, Kickstarter is a pretty unique idea. I mean, yeah, it, it it's basically they they call it crowdfunding. It's like fans of a certain type of book or of a certain author, that sort of thing, they get together and they each donate a little bit to get a project started. And I have uh, a friend who's an author who got a new uh, role-playing uh, manual funded through this. And a lot of creative people out there. You can just look at all the beautiful creative ideas they've got on that site. Yeah, a lot of creative ideas and a lot of creative projects. So yeah. yeah. And if you've got a few bucks, you can help make one of those happen. There you go. So treesong.org slash change. Yes. <laughs> Um, a special announcement, due to the extreme flooding, did you notice that? I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> the Cache River Nature Fest is rescheduled for June 4th, so, um, and it, so. Yeah. Um, we do have more stuff on our newsletter. If you would like to receive the newsletter to re- read um, information about climate policy, and then a great quote from uh, Genevieve who was um, one of the Freedom Riders that they actually just did a show on PBS about the Freedom Ride experience. Yeah. Um, you must email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will email you the weekly newsletter, or if you just want this week's newsletter, let us know. Yep. That's it. That's we all will we got see today. you again on the radio. Hopefully next week. Yes, hopefully next week. Same bet time, same bet channel. Unless the rapture happens tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. It might. Uh, in which case, you know, well, I guess we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Until then, it's, it's wonderful outside, so have a beautiful day, beautiful weekend, and we'll see you next week.